Hello, welcome everyone to another live script reading. We are the So Weird Podcast. I'm Kathy. We have Kat, Emily, Zach, and we also have some special guests filling in some roles, Derek and Austin. Austin, why don't you tell us um, when did you start watching So Weird and um, the So Weird Podcast and anything else you want to share with us? Well, hi. Nice to meet you. I'm Austin. I'm from Latin America, and it's my pleasure to be here. I've been watching So Weird since 2004 when I was three years old. I stopped watching around 2009 when the series just disappeared from oh. a channel here called Jetix. And then I started watching the series all over again in December of last year. I'm currently in season one, episode five. Yeah, I'm very slow because <laughs> I love to watch a lot. And also I have to add that my internet connection sucks. So if I disappear, it's for my internet connection, which is bad, bad. And okay. overall, I'm a huge Disney Channel fan. I also love all the other series like Hannah Montana, <laughs> That's So Raven, which are from the golden mm -hmm. era of the channel. So that's it. And I'm so glad to be here. And awesome. so excited. Yeah, thanks for joining us. We're excited too. Derek, why don't you go ahead? I believe I started watching So Weird when I was 11 years old. It was when the season two rolled around. So I was a little bit late coming in. And I just remember getting really wrapped up in the whole storyline and the characters were just, are just completely awesome. Started listening to the podcast, I think two years ago or somewhere around that time. All right. So today we'll be reading Family Reunion. And this is a script that um, Derek was able to get and send to us. And it's a very early draft. Um, I believe it's maybe like the second draft. And this is when originally the show was called Too Weird. So there's already some changes there. And there's going to be more changes. Like there's um, a different character. So we have a tutor that teaches the kid instead of Ned. And probably some other changes um, in the script. We did, we were missing a few pages and some of it was cut off. So there's a few pages that we had to just write ourselves copying the show. Um, so just letting you guys know. Anything else, guys? I got to say that I started watching your podcast in 2020 when the quarantine arrived. And I love, I really love what you do, guys, for this community of so weird, you all are freaking awesome. Freaking mm -hmm. awesome. That's what I have to say. Oh, thank you. We're so thank glad you. you're here. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm with them on that. All right, we ready to start? Yes, are we? And for parts, I, Kathy, will be playing Molly. Kat will be playing Fiona. Emily will be playing Irene and Leo. Austin will be playing Ned. 
Zach will be the narrator and playing Clue. And Derek will be Jack and the club manager. Okay. Fade in. Historical black and white newsreel footage. We see a short clip of a sightseeing boat loaded with passengers on the Chicago River. Chicago, July 24th, 1915. The passenger streamer Eastland, with 2,572 people on board, was preparing for a sightseeing excursion on Lake Michigan when it suddenly capsized in the murky waters of the Chicago River. Dissolved to a series of historical still photographs of the accident from Chicago newspaper accounts, postcards, etc. The Eastland had just begun to carry lifeboats, a safety modification made in response to the sinking of the Titanic. Ironically, these lifeboats made the Eastland dangerously top-heavy and actually caused it to flip over once it was loaded with passengers. We see photographs of victims being pulled from the water. 844 people lost their lives. Authorities were forced to turn to nearby buildings into makeshift morgues. The sheer number of casualties overwhelmed rescue efforts. The historical photographs now include shots of waterfront buildings ending on a black and white still photo of the building located at 632 North Dearborn. Some victims were never identified. Dissolved to the same building now in color as traffic speeds by. Fade in. Interior. Fee's bedroom. Night. Fee, short for Fiona Phillips, 13, is on her bed working on her laptop computer. We hear guitar and bass music in the background. Not from a studio, but from someone practicing. Fee isn't a Barbie and horses teenage girl. Her room is full of books and magazines about paranormal phenomena like ghosts and UFOs. Her bulletin board is plastered with newspaper clippings and photographs on the same subjects. The guitar practicing starts to get repetitive, and after listening to the same botched chords three or four times in a row, Fee pounds on the wall behind her bed and yells. Turn it down, you guys! The guitar gets louder. She pounds on the wall again. Jack, knock it off! Fee's 15-year-old brother, Jack, a guitar slung around his neck, steps into the doorway. Please, Fee, try to keep down. Clue and I want to practice our song. Song? That's what you're calling it? Another guy walks next to Jack. Clue Bell, 16, a tall, lanky, good-looking kid. He holds an electric bass guitar. Well, it's not a song yet. It's sort of a song-like substance. Check it out. Cybergirl is looking for little green Martians again. What's it like to be so young and already have no life? Laugh, Elvis boy, but this is real. Someone who contacted my website actually got an UFO sighting on home video. We see Fee's homepage labeled Fee's Too Weird website. Under the title is her motto, Nothing is Too Weird to be True. Fee clicks on a button to play the downloaded file. An image pops up. Fee's disembodied head with Martian antennae sticking out of it flies around the screen like a spaceship, then lands. The top of her head then flips open and a computer animated image of Jack pops out. Take me to your leader. Jack, you jerk. I told you she'd be mad, dude. You will be absorbed. Resistance is futile. Jack laughs. Suddenly, the entire room lurches violently. We hear a loud hissing noise. Fee's computer falls on the floor. Oddly enough, no one seems startled. Oh, that's good for the hard drive. Cut to exterior, truck stop at night. We see why Fee wasn't surprised. The family home is actually a large custom bus towing a car. The hissing sound comes from the bus's air brakes as it parks at the gas pumps. As P Fee picks up her computer, her and Jack's mom, Molly, appears in the doorway. Molly is in her early 40s and is no Donna Reed. She's definitely a rock and roll mom. 
Sorry about that, guys. New breaks. Mom, can I kill my pinhead brother? I think aliens have abducted your sense of humor. Do I want to know what this is about? Probably not. Touch my computer again and die. Earth to Fee. UFOs and abominable Bigfoot snowmen are a total fantasy. The fantasy is that you'll ever play guitar even half as well as Mom. Okay, let's reschedule this fight. It's late and we're getting into Chicago pretty early in the morning. And by the way, Jack, if you had half a brain, you know that Bigfoot and the Abominable Snowman are two totally different things. That's true. The Abominable Snowman, or Yeti, hangs out in the Himalayas, whereas Bigfoot, or Sasquatch, hails from the Pacific Northwest, land of Pearl Jam and Soundgarden. She loaned me an article. Time out, Jack. Leave your sister's computer alone. Fee, you may not kill your brother. Clue, if you see your folks up front, tell them I have a question about the sound mix for tomorrow's night's gig. Where's the band playing, Mrs. P? A nightclub on North Dearborn, down by the river. A cool old building. Been there since the turn of the century. Dissolve to exterior hotel, early morning. The bus is parked outside an old hotel. Molly is standing behind the bus with Clue's parents, Ned and Irene Bell. Ned is a big, strong roadie. Irene is the band's stage manager. That's the place. We see an old, ornate, stone, two-story building. It is the exact building we ended on in the teaser. Well, it ends Dodger Stadium. Ned, you've said that about every place I've played since 1979. Because none of them was Dodger Stadium. Man, I'd love to manage a show in a big venue like that. Molly, you gotta sell more records. Thanks, Irene. I'll put that on my to-do list. As Molly crosses away, Jack and Clue walk up. Mom, Dad, can Jack and I get separate rooms this time? We want our privacy. Two rooms, two teenage boys, too many fridges. Uh-uh. Nice try, Pumpkin, but no way. Mr. and Mrs. Bell, i just like to say it was his idea. Pumpkin, I'm ashamed of you. Jack grins at Clue, and they head towards the hotel. As they pass the door to the bus, Fee comes out, yawning. Fee's hair is a mess from sleep. Jack screams in mock terror. Ugh! No, oh, it's just my sister. For a minute, I thought it was that Sasquatch guy. Jack laughs. What he doesn't realize is that his own hair is an even bigger mess. He and Clue exit. Off Fee's frown dissolved to... Interior, nightclub, later that morning. The club is very gothic. Lots of stone, high ceilings, a big chandelier. Molly and the band are having coffee and donuts while Irene supervises Ned and the other roadies setting up. At a nearby table, Fee, Jack, and Clue are with Leo Rosaire, mid-30s, the kid's tutor. He's the only member of the group wearing a tie. In fact, he's probably the only member of the group who owns a tie. And since we're here all week, I want you each to write an 8 to 10 page paper concerning local history. 8 to 10 pages? Who would get to page 8 and keep going? You'll find there are plenty of topics. Even this building has a fascinating past. It was built on the site of the Chicago Historical Society, which burned down in the Great Chicago Fire of 1871. Can you write that down for me? No. Now, Clue, it's eight to ten pages of writing. Stapling on a city map doesn't count. Jack, local history does not mean how the Cubs did last season. And Fee, printing your report in giant typefaces out too, so... Leo, do you feel okay? You look tired. Doesn't he look tired, guys? Well, he works so hard. Making lesson plans, grading our papers. 
Leo, how long has it been since you took some you time? Well, actually, it has been a while. You know, you're not Superman. Why not take a week off? Hmm, maybe I could. What's one week? I can go to the Art Institute, the Chicago Symphony, catch a Bulls game. Oh, and you know what I'd really love? What? To cap off the week by grading your history papers. Cold, very cold. The lights flicker off and on. They react briefly, then Molly walks up to them. Guys, the Dabrowski's just called. They'll meet you at Water Tower Place in half an hour. Jack and Clue jump up before Leo can say anything. Don't worry, Leo. I promise we'll be researching local history. In fact, I believe our first stop is a local historical mall. Jack grins, and then he and Clue start gathering their coats to exit. Leo turns to Molly. <sighs> you know, I try, but I sometimes feel they'd be better off in a regular, structured classroom. Hey, I went to a school in a regular, structured classroom, and I still wound up in a rock band. Leo smiles, then exits. Then Molly notices that Fee has wandered over to the soundboard. She's sitting at it, fiddling with buttons and knobs. Hey, kid. Aren't you going? Nah, I'll just hang out here. Molly watches her, concerned, then steps over to the boys. Adios, Mrs. P. Clue exits. But before Jack can follow him... Jack, hold up. Yeah? Let me ask you something. How do you think we're doing? I mean, we've been on the road almost a year. The band's playing great. And the reviews are terrific. Well, except for the guy who called your comeback to her geezer palooza. <laughs> yeah, but how do you think our family is doing? Are you kidding? I love it. What about your sister? She's at a funny age, you know. Half stuffed animals, half makeup. Makeup? My sister? I worry about her, you know, all this traveling. But when I had a chance to tour again... Mom, Fee would be a geek queen whether we traveled or not. And don't even think about going back to the advertising job. Seeing you in a business suit was totally depressing. Yeah, that did kind of suck. But I do want you guys to have a normal life. You were so little when your dad died, and I've tried to... Jack quickly jumps in, suddenly it's uncomfortable. Fun. It's fine, okay? Me and I are good. Just, you gotta stop worrying about everything. Jack exits. Molly watches him, then crosses to Fee and picks up a guitar. Hey, you. Wanna help a little old lady with sound check? Sure. Okay. My guitar runs through this channel. Let's try it. She strums a few chords, but no sound comes out of the speakers. Fee moves the fader up and down. It's not working. Oh, there's no power to the board. Molly looks for the plug as Fee plays with a fader. Then the lights flicker and we hear a strange moaning sound. What's that? The sound becomes more clear. It's a kid crying. Where's it from? Cell phone, two-way radio. We get interference like this all the time. Even when nothing's plugged in? Everyone reacts. Okay, that's creepy. Irene, I want to record this. I can do that. As Irene reaches for the tape recorder, an unseen force causes Fee's hand to yank the fader down, snapping off the button at the bottom. Fee reacts in surprise. The sound stops. Fee, be careful with that. Something pulled my hand. It wasn't me. It felt so cold. She rubs one hand with the other. Everyone looks spooked. I repeat. Okay, that's creepy. Found one of our ghosts. The club manager, a guy in his early 50s, enters. 
we get weird noises, candles blowing out, flickering lights, you name it. Personally, I think it's just a drafty old building with bad wiring and bad plumbing. But being haunted is good for business. So what the heck? Fee runs up to him. Has anyone ever reported hearing crying before or a child's voice? What about seeing apparitions? Have you ever had the building scan for anomalies in electromagnetic fields? Uh, you got to be 21 to be here. This is my daughter, Fiona. He's kind this of into supernatural stuff. Fee, say hi to Mr. Belleville. This is his club. Hi. I'd like to speak to your employees, and I need access to the rest of the building. Do you know anything about the previous owners? Oh, why don't we talk in your office? As Fiona leads the confused Mr. Bellevue away, we dissolve to Fee on her computer, which is plugged into a phone line. She's sitting at a desk next to the hotel room window. Insert computer screen. It's Fee's Too Weird homepage. Buttons to click include weird stories, weird pictures, weird sounds, links to other paranormal sites, message boards, and a list of subjects in super in alphabetical order. Fee scrolls through them. Afterlife, angels, aliens, Area 51. She scrolls more quickly until she gets to hauntings. She clicks on it and the screen changes to a page with that heading. Fee then clicks buttons labeled, what did I see? The screen changes to a message board where Fiona types. Got a haunting story related to the Chicago fire of 1871? Let's hear it. She clicks a button and a window pops up. Your message has been posted. Fee exits the website. She looks out the window at the nightclub across the street and then grabs a large soda and her video camera and exits. Dissolve to interior nightclub a few minutes later. Fiona enters. The club is deserted. She heads up the stairs. She wanders along the hallway. Other than club offices, there are small businesses renting space in the building, all with name tags outside their doors. Accounting firms, small law practices, etc. She tries a couple of doors, but they're all locked. There's no light under any of the doors. When she's sure she's alone, she calls out quietly. Hello? Is anyone here? She keeps walking. She tentatively calls out again. Hello? Hello? Then, Fee hears a far-off voice calling her. Fee. She clicks on her camera. Who's that? Fiona! She starts looking all around, calling back. I'm here! Keep talking, I'm here! Fiona, you better show yourself, or Mom is going to kill you. Fee frowns. She's about four steps from the window at the end of the hall. She walks up to it and peers out. Angle, the street below the window. Jack is standing there. He looks up at her. Mom says come to dinner or you lose time for a week. Jack turns and heads across the street to the hotel. Fiona frowns, then pulls her head in the window, turns off her camera, and turns around. And when she, and when she does, her eyes widen in surprise and she drops her big gulp on the floor. Right behind her is a boy. He's dressed in antique-looking clothing, and he is soaking wet and shivering. The boy is crying and moving his mouth, but no sound comes out. Fee is so frightened she can barely speak. Who... who are you? Suddenly, the boy lunges towards her, arms outstretched, his mouth open as if screaming. Fiona screams and stumbles backwards. The boy turns and runs. Fiona runs after him. He runs around a corner, and she follows. But when she gets around the bend, the boy is gone. Fee, still breathing hard, looks around quickly. There's no staircase and only one office door. It's locked. Fee looks down. There are wet footprints on the carpet. She follows them. They go right up to the wall at the end of the hall, as if he had ran up to the wall and then just disappeared. And then Fiona notices something else. She touches the dead-end wall. It's wet. And we fade out into Act 1. Fade in. Interior. Hotel suite. Late afternoon. Moments later. 
The band members, a few crew people, and Clue and Jack are all having a big room service meal as Fiona enters, looking upset. She hurries over to her mother and pulls her aside. Mom, I have to talk to you. What's wrong? Okay, promise you won't laugh because this did really freak me out, and I did see it, and it's not my imagination. I promise. Wait, what's on your clothes? I spilled some soda. Just listen. I was upstairs in the nightclub. By yourself? Fee, you can't go wandering off without telling me. I saw who was crying. He's a boy. I mean, he was a boy. What? I saw a full visual ADC. After death communication. A ghost. Fee, come on. It was like I had to follow him. Like he wanted something from me. Jack and Clue walk up. Check it out. Little Miss Ghostbusters. Shadow. Shut up! It wasn't a shadow! Fee, calm down. He was wearing old-fashioned clothes, and the weird part was, they were all wet, and then when I think he went through a wall, it was wet too. Why is that weird? I mean, weirder than him not actually being alive. The club was built on a spot of a place that burned down in the Chicago fire. But if he died in a fire, why is he wet? Maybe he didn't die in a fire. Maybe he drowned after you dumped 36 ounces of soda on him. Jack, don't. This is not a joke. Hey, I know where the ghost came from. You know how the Chicago fire started when that lady's cow kicked over a lantern? He has obviously found the ghost of Mrs. Murphy's cow. Moo. I don't care if you believe me. I don't care if any of you believe me. Fiona storms off. Doors slam. Molly stares disapprovingly at Jack as we dissolve to Fiona's bedroom on the bus later that night. Fee is drinking from a large cup of soda while browsing the web on her laptop. Molly knocks and then enters. Hey, I'm going to go across the club. We go on in an hour. Fee doesn't respond. Molly kneels beside her. Working on your website, huh? You know, I didn't laugh before, and I won't now either. I posted a question about the Chicago fire hauntings. I got a few replies, but nothing like what I saw. Maybe Jack was right. Maybe it was a tragic soda drowning. Don't let him get to you, okay? Mom, do you believe me? I believe it's important to you. So that's a no then. I didn't say that. But you don't believe me. I'm not sure about things as you are, Fee, but sometimes, especially when I'm playing, it's like your dad's there with me on his 12 string, you know, it's just a feeling. Maybe it's not the same as believing in ghosts, but it's something. She smiles at Fiona. Don't stay up too late. Molly exits. Fee watches her go, then grabs her soda. There's condensation on the outside of the cup, which makes her fingers wet. She wipes it on her shirt, then stops. She wipes one finger along the cup, looking at the moisture. Drowning. She puts down her cup and quickly types. Fee does a web search. She types Chicago slash drowning slash FUDs slash disasters, then clicks the search button. The screen changes to search results. 437 matches found for Chicago slash drowning slash FUDs slash disasters, followed by a list of sites. Included in this list are several for the 1915 Eastland disaster. Fee highlights one and then clicks on it. We see snippets of the screen images she finds. The same image we saw in the teaser, including one old photo, which shows a victim of a boating disaster being pulled from the capsized ship. But it's the building in the background of the picture that jumps out to her. It looks familiar. Fee looks out her window. A crowd is lining up outside the nightclub. 
It's the same building. Fee turns back to her laptop. She opens another image, a photograph of the Eastland just before departure. All the passengers are lined up against the wall, waving goodbye. Suddenly, water begins to flow up out of the keyboard. Fee jerks her hand back in surprise. There is no visible source for the water. It float, flows up out of the keyboard and cascades down the computer screen like a waterfall, washing across the table and onto the floor. Fee stares, amazed. The water is actually washing the people out of the photo. In seconds, the photo of the ship shows not a deck full of passengers, but one lone figure. The screen zooms in on the last figure standing at the rail. It's the ghost boy. It's him. Oh my god. And then the still photo moves. The boy turns to face Fee and mouths some unknown words, then a silent scream. The water suddenly washes the whole screen blank. The computer begins to spark, shorting out. What are you doing? Stop it! Fee grabs the computer, but gets a mild shock. She jumps back, yelps in pain. Then the computer flies off the table and smashes into the wall. On Fee's terrified reaction, we cut to the interior of Jack and Clue's hotel room. At the same time, Jack is on the bed, picking at his unplugged electric guitar. Clue is unwrapping a pre-packaged burrito. What are you doing? I'm having a burrito. We don't have a microwave. I like them frozen. It's like a burrito sickle. The door opens and Fiona enters. You're a total jerk, but for once you knew what you were talking about. He didn't die in the Chicago fire. There was this boat, the Eastland, it capsized right here in the river in 1915. That's why the boy's clothes are wet. You we're right, he drowned. Fee, you are so lame. He was in my computer, I saw him. The same boy? Yeah, come on, he's in that club. I'm not following you around so we can look for your imaginary boyfriend. I'll get the flashlights. Thanks, Clue. Later, chicken boy. We dissolve to the interior of the club. Fee, Jack, and Clue enter a darkened stairwell in an unused part of the club. They begin up the stairs. You know, after the shipwreck, they store dead bodies in this place. Thanks for sharing. We'll split when we get upstairs. I hope we see a ghost. That would be so cool. I don't know. He basically hates my guts. Maybe he thinks you're cute. I don't think so. No, I'm telling you, it's a guy thing, okay? Back in fifth grade, I liked this girl, Jennifer Morgan. I threw snowballs at her, and she called me a total dweeb. It was very romantic. Just come if I call, okay? All right. Cut to Fee shining a flashlight as she walks alone down the corridor when she first saw the, where she first saw the boy. Cut to Jack and Clue walking another corridor with their flashlight. Clue taps Jack on the shoulder, who gasps, and then Clue laughs. Jack hits Clue, and Clue says, Sorry, man. Clue and Jack walk the adjacent corridor, nervously glancing around with their flashlights. Fee rounds the corners, so she's facing the end of the hall where the boy disappeared. She pauses. Suddenly, she moves forward, as if someone has shoved her in the back. Hey, knock it off, Jack. Fee turns, but no one is there. Jack? You guys? She gasps. A wet spot appears on her sleeve. Then her arm shoots out. Something unseen is pulling her down the hall. Oh, man, oh, man, oh. Help! Stop it! You're being a total brat! Jack! Clue! Fee braces herself to be slammed into the wall. As she bumps into it, the presence releases her. She stumbles back. A vaguely human, shimmering shape passes through the wall. As it passes, the entire wall ripples as if made of liquid. And in an instant, in the spot where the being passed through, Fee sees a room on the other side. The image then closes, the wall appears as before. She touches it, and it's solid. 
Fee is scared, but has the presence of mind to quickly put a small electrical meter out of her pocket and turn it on. The needle bounces all over the place. Jack and Clue run up. What happened? Are you okay? He was here. He pulled my arm. Look at the magnetometer. It's going nuts. What does that mean? Disturbances in magnetic fields often accompany hauntings. And speakers have big magnets in them. And there's a rock band downstairs. That could cause those readings. Something pulled me over to this wall and something passed through it. And I could see a room on the other side. He wants me to go in there. Come on, maybe we can get in from underneath. Clue, Fee, and Jack run off. Interior, dressing room, moments later. Fee, Jack, and Clue are in the band dressing room, a place that's seen a lot of abuse. The walls are full of holes and covered with graffiti. The furniture is trashed and the drop ceiling is missing a few panels. Fee notices a water pipe running up the center of one wall. This is right under where we were. Yeah, but up there it's at the end of the hall, not the middle of the room. Let's climb up. Wait, what if we scratch the pane or break a ceiling tile, or maybe it would improve the decor? They drag the couch to the corner. Clue stands on it and hoists himself up to look for a missing ceiling tile. There are wooden rafters above the prefab ceiling. We, we can walk on them. He climbs into the ceiling. Fee follows. Interior, ceiling crawl space. As Fee climbs up and Jack follows, they look around with flashlights. There's a narrow crawl space between the ceiling they're on and the floorboards to the room above them. They shine a light along the water pipes and see where it goes through the upstairs floor and disappears. See where the pipe disappears? That's where the hallway upstairs ends. I was right. The upstairs room used to be bigger. How are we supposed to get in? There's some broken floorboards where they built the new wall. Here, help me. The kids start yanking out floorboards where they meet the new construction. The boards are rotten and dry and easily pull apart. They finally manage to rip a hole in the boards large enough to push through. One at a time, they go up. Interior, hidden room. The room is pitch black as the kids come up through the hole in the floor. The room is cluttered with sawed-off water and gas pipes, piles of moth-eaten clothes, old furniture, crumpled paper, a pair of broken eyeglasses, blankets. This is stupid. There's nothing up here but broken glass and rusty pipes. They hear squeaking. They point, they point their flashlights, and several rats scurry away. Jack and Clue yell in surprise. Oh, man. Oh, man. Don't worry. They're more afraid of us than we are of them. I hope. Jack, please. Not until I find out why this 85-year-old kid is picking on me. There is no kid. And even if there were, what makes you so special that he'd want to talk to you? Maybe she's the first one who's been willing to listen. You're both brain dead. There's no Casper in your computer. There's just a story about a boat that sank in a cup, bunch of people around. Still here. I know it. I hate this. I hate that you keep doing this. People die, and that's it. When you die, you're history. You never come back. You're gone forever. Fee looks like she's been slapped. I'll never believe that. Doesn't mean anything. Jack starts to go through the floor. Fee is near tears. Suddenly, a large trunk that Clue was leaning on topples, then slides quickly along the floor, right at Jack. Jack, watch out! Jack dives into the crawl space just as the truck slides over the hole and crashes against the wall. The hole in the floor, which is near the wall, is now covered by the trunk. Clue runs to the trunk, but can't budge it. You guys, are you okay? I can't move it. He's here. What do you want me to find? She picks up an old newspaper, the broken eyeglasses, old clothes, bottles, every object that she can lay her hands on. Fee, help me. Whoa. 
Clue leaps aside as an old table slides past him and smashes to pieces against the wall. Quickly, more and more objects from the room start sliding towards the wall where Clue is. Sliding on the floor, flying through the air as if, Clue, what's happening? It's capsizing, like the boat when it tipped over. Fee is ducking the boxes, papers, pieces of pipe, clothes, etc. as they fly sideways past her. Clue is huddled against the truck, eyes closed. Then, Fee turns and sees a huge fireball shooting towards her. She screams and ducks, but the flames aren't real, just images. Then, behind the flames, a wall of water pours towards her. In seconds, the entire room seems to be flooded. Fee calls out, but her voice is muffled, as if she's actually underwater. Jack! Clue! And then, specters of Eastland victims, all adults, some desperately gasping for air, some already drowned, surround Fee. She screams. We can barely hear her. Fee! Stop it! I want to help you! Fee dodges the real and spectral things around her. Then, she spots something. The only object not being tossed around. A threadbare child's jacket. She drops to the floor, crawls over it, and grabs it. As she does, the boy appears in the coat. Fee yells in fright and stumbles back, still clutching the coat. And in that instant, all the specters disappear. All the objects stop moving. Fee looks at the coat, still trembling. Clue can now move the trunk, and Jack climbs back up. What happened? What's going on? Extreme weirdness. Fee, what did you find? Fee finds a faded name sewn into the lining under the collar, which reads Brian Harris. She looks at it. A name? Are you okay, sis? Yeah. He helps her up, but no sooner does she take two steps when they all hear a loud creaking sound. Rats! Ghost! No, it's the floorboards! Help! The floorboards under Fee give way, and she starts to fall through, as Jack and Clue dive for her interior dressing room, same time. Molly, Ned, Irene, and a couple of band members are there when Fee crashes through the ceiling, caught at the last minute by Clue and Jack. As everyone in the room reacts... Uh, hi, Mom! Have a good show, okay? We dissolve to exterior, cemetery, day. The headstone inscriptions are for a couple. Nathaniel Harris, 1879 to 1915, and Kathleen Harris, 1882 to 1915. A threadbare corduroy jacket is placed between them. Pull back to reveal fee. With her are Jack, Clue, and Leo. And when I compared the name and the jacket against the list of people who drowned, I found this couple. He was their son, but nobody knew. The river probably pulled his jacket off, and there must have been no other relatives to identify him. What about the boy's grave? The Chicago Historical Society is going to move it here, so it can be with his mom and dad. Wonderful story, Fiona. You can count on a high grade for your paper, which is more than I can promise for your joint effort on the history of Chicago pizza. Leo heads off, and Clue follows. Come on, man, we did a ton of research. Jack turns to Fee. Hey. Hey. So, Mom was asking me the other day how I thought you were doing. She was? Don't worry. I didn't say much. But if she asked me again, I'd tell her you were doing okay. Fee smiles. I mean, for someone who's loony to. And you would know. Jack grins and heads away. Then he stops and turns back. I think about him too, you know. Before Fee can reply, Jack runs after Clue and Leo. Molly steps up to her. Hey, kid. About ready to go? Yeah. So, do you still think this was all my imagination? Well, you say that like it's a bad thing. There's lots of ways to find the truth. 
Imagination is one of them. Hey, look at the gravesite for a moment. But whatever really happened, you did a nice thing here. Thanks. Listen, about my laptop. Please, let's not ruin the moment. Molly smiles and heads back to the bus. Fee starts to follow, then stops and turns to look at the headstone one last time. She reacts in surprise. The boy is now standing with the specters of his mother and father. They look at Fee and then suddenly disappear. Fee watches them fade, then turns to look at her own mother. A beat, and then she runs to catch up with her. Fade out. End of act two. The end. Yay. <laughs> Not bad, guys. Better yeah. than the last time. <laughs> yeah, I think it went a little smoother than the last time. Well, well done, Derek and Austin. Thanks for being on. How was that was it? a lot of fun. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for being on. And for uh, sharing with us the script. It was just amazing being here with you and share our love for this amazing and underrated Disney Channel series because it is amazing and underrated. The new generations okay. have to know this masterpiece. <laughs> Thanks yes. for having me. Yeah, yeah. We, we totally agree. <laughs> Agree. And hopefully, um, you know, since it being on Disney Plus, yeah, more people are watching and hopefully it, it's getting newer fans. I know this pandemic has made people watch TV a lot more. So I'm glad people are seeing it and finding us too. So mm -hmm. really great to try to keep this community going, you know. Yeah. I, I still see people on Twitter. I, I search for So Weird Disney and I still see people saying, Wow, I had no idea So Weird was on Disney Plus. So people are still rediscovering the show, even though. And I still keep hearing reviews from people. And it's so funny how every time they're like, I'm the only person who remembers the show. Mm -hmm. So it's really cool that we can all kind of come together and remember the show together. Every single time. You know, all these articles that are coming out too that review the show, those people seem to know us because they always hint or they always link that John Cooksey interview. <laughs> yeah. So like, mm -hmm. They don't always directly cite us, but uh, it's clear to us that they definitely tuned in. So that's nice. Right. Um, and there have been some really good articles that have come out lately. So um, we posted them on our Twitter page and all that and also on the forum. So definitely check those out if you haven't yet. Yeah. And um, yeah, to anyone listening or watching right now, if you've missed a few episodes, uh, the episode that we did very recently, maybe not that recently, but right before uh, this one, it was a review of Secret of Silver Springs and the new Are You Afraid of the Dark season, which is really good. So if you have time to watch the shows and check it out, if you have nothing else to do, definitely do that. Yeah. And uh Secrets of Sulphur Springs, they announced, was renewed for season two. So that's really exciting. And I think they're going to start filming this summer, maybe. So, woohoo! Something to look forward to. Mm -hmm. I still haven't seen that show, but I promise you I will watch it eventually. You'll <laughs> like it, Zach. It's, it's really fun. Mm -hmm. um, one other thing I wanted to bring up is our podcast five-year anniversary is next month. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, wow. I, I don't know what you all want to do for that. Uh, fans, if you have any suggestions, let us know. But I think I might be on vacation on the day of our anniversary. So uh, we'll have, I'd, I'd love to be on for it. So if we can mm -hmm. find another time or, or day. 
It'd be great. We'll, we'll do a podcast about the podcast. We'll start reviewing the episodes of the podcast on the podcast. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that would be podcast delightful. <laughs> yeah, if you guys have any ideas, I see someone put best of podcast moments. I don't know. I don't listen to them after I edit it. <laughs> I do, but I don't know what the best moments are. I mean, uh, I have no idea. We can definitely do like another live script reading or another Q&A or maybe watch an episode together, maybe. Um, someone put a live script reading of Rebecca. That would be awesome. We don't have the script for that, though. But if anybody out there has any so weird scripts, feel free to send them to us. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And as for the best podcast moments, yeah, I, I don't know how to judge that, but maybe um, we could post a... Uh, comment on the Twitter and ask the fans what they think the best podcast moments are, and they mm -hmm. could send something to us. And maybe that's something we could read on the air. I don't know. Is an idea? Yeah, that sounds fun. Uh, did you see this comment from X Files fan? Um, they said, "I missed the first few minutes of this. Wasn't there an earlier script where the ghost boy gives Fiona a kiss on the cheek after resolving the mystery?" So. Yeah, John Cooksey mentioned that in his interview, uh, that it was originally very, I don't know, like, it was kind of goofy. It wasn't scary at all, the first script. And so mm. then they had someone come in and, and re revamp it, I guess. And so yeah, I so this one, the one that we read today is noted as being the revised second draft, uh, published December 8th, 1997. Yeah, and there's another version of the script on the forum that... That, I don't think it's accurate anymore. Like, we haven't had it confirmed that it's an actual script, but it came from an old fan website, and it's nothing like this script. And I think it's dated after this script. So it doesn't really make sense for it, for that to be the case. I, I feel like this one we can, we can say is pretty legitimate. So the other one's probably not true <laughs> right. at this point. Um. I did see some comments while we were reading um, during that moment where Fee is watching like the ghosts and the parents and all of that and how dark it was. And, you know, there's like fireballs. <laughs> what? Fireballs and all the other passengers and, and bodies that are drowned. Like, wow. Okay. So, so what you're telling me is there are bootleg so weird scripts circulating around on the internet, or at least there was. Yeah, it seems like a someone totally created a script for the show. <laughs> the, I mean, it's not surprising stuff. because for season three, there were a lot of fan sites that had fans writing their own season three because everybody hated the season three we got so much. Oh my god, Dustin, that comment is amazing. Yes, long live Conrad's hideout. Oh. Dustin says, one of my reoccurring favorites is Zach's deep size every time crack <laughs> ships come up. <laughs> well, I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> all all um, the sides are genuine. They're never acted out. They, that they are actually happening. Um, so someone mentioned well, Lauren. Hey, uh, how about a clubhouse meeting for everyone to interact on? I've heard of clubhouse kind of recently, but I don't know what what it is exactly don't you have to get invited by someone who is in clubhouse to get on clubhouse i don't know maybe not maybe that's evolved over time but i'm not on there so i've never heard of it before so 
And someone else asked Necrofear, uh, do we have any other scripts? Yeah, yeah, we have a few others. We have Second Generation. Uh, I have that one. And Emily has Nightmare and Fountain. Mm -hmm. And um, we also have Twin. You know, yeah. another one of the fans, Patrick, that was on here last time, he said that he has Listen that he would share with us. So we have all of those episodes only. Um, we just try to find them on eBay. So again, if anyone out there happens to have some script that's just, you know, in their bedroom, if you would share it with us, we'd love to. Yeah, we want to keep doing these. I think they're fun. I think they're a good way to keep going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really enjoy them. And uh, I just got to say, Twin would be great to do. And uh, come December, I think we definitely have to do a fountain read. Yeah, yes, definitely. It'd be great if we could get the Boo script by um, Halloween. Holly. Yeah, but I don't know about that one. Yeah, I do. I check eBay like every day now. <laughs> <laughs> now that I'm aware of how many scripts are out there, but I uh, haven't seen anything since Nightmare. Well, you know, to all the weirdos out there in podcast listening land, if you happen to have the Boo script, you know who to call. <laughs> right. And I think one of the writers, John Wiseman, said that he'll look to see if he has some scripts, probably of the episodes that he was a writer on. So that would be really fun, too. Anything else? Any other podcast business we need to discuss? No. Uh, I mean, we have some other ideas out there. Um, there... They require a lot of research. <laughs> they're great ideas, but um, yeah, they're, they, they'll require a lot of work on, mm -hmm. on the front end of things. So um, I'm not sure when we'll get to those. And I think a lot of fans would be interested in being in those kinds of discussions, like in-depth character discussions we talked about. Um, I know we also talked about doing book reviews, um, but the prices went way up on the books, so <laughs> I don't know when we're going to get to those either, unfortunately. Well, you know, it's because the show is available now and people are rediscovering it. And now people who have been sitting on these books for 20 years are realizing, <laughs> oh, I can flip these for more than the 3 or $4 I was selling them for previously. Right. I think you have to be like Emily. You have to check every day on eBay. And sometimes people will sell them again for like $2. Mm -hmm. for like one book but yeah yeah um i have all of them oh i was just saying i was on amazon and one of them happened to pop up on a search that wasn't even related and it was four bucks i think i think it was family reunion if i recall right yeah i think you just have to keep looking and people will put it up for really cheap prices um you just have to be pretty consistent with that well you know emily not that i would ever promote piracy but if you were to hypothetically scan the copies that you have and share them with us that would that would probably be okay you know just just throwing that out there my scanner is so irritating though is <laughs> terrible and um yeah my my phone can't handle me taking too many pictures i don't know maybe <laughs> and maybe. that is super tedious i have tried to do something like that in the past yeah maybe what i'll do is we'll all get on and every Every week before we record an episode, I'll read a chapter to you all. I'll say, gather around, children. <laughs> story time with Emily, yes. <laughs> yes, Emily's so weird story time. Some, Yeah, someone didn't know there's books. There's, I think, five books. And they're based on a few of the episodes. 
So it's not new content or anything, but they're just slightly different from the episode. Yeah. Some of them are almost like straight up what was written in the show um, or what was said in the show, the dialogue at least. And then other ones are a, a bit more different, actually. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting. I've read all of them already. Oh, I guess I'll read them again. Now I'd be happy to read them again. It was <laughs> it was fun. So yeah, I you know I, I've even thought about starting up a live stream again, <laughs> um, like through YouTube or maybe even through Discord. Um, I just know that at the moment YouTube doesn't care if some weird stuff's online on on YouTube. Um, but yeah, I thought that would be something that that could be interactive for everyone. Again, I think that it just takes dedication, like weekly dedication that mm -hmm. is kind of hard sometimes. Didn't we get a warning for our last live stream? Um, what happened was, mm -hmm. so the, I think it was Halloween. Uh, I tried to do Halloween Town. Oh. And that got taken down immediately. <laughs> gotcha. And then I was like, okay, let's just watch Boo. And that was fine. <laughs> Aha. Uh -huh. They so yeah, they just don't really care so much about so weird. Yeah. Which is fine for us. Mm -hmm. Um, someone put a someone's yeah, they've been saying like a top ten episode list. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean we could do that. That could be interesting. I've thought about like ranked um, you know, that's a thing for some shows where people rank the whole show from like one to sixty-five the episodes, so that that's something that could be kind of interesting, but you know, that'll take some time too. <laughs> yeah. And I think, didn't we do rankings of our personal favorite episodes from each season throughout the run of the show, the podcast? We, yeah. we did, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Andrea. Hello. We haven't heard from you in a while. <laughs> Hope you're doing okay. Hi, Andrea. But yeah. I think that's everything. Um, Probably we'll be doing another script reading next. Um, hopefully, I mean, if we do one of those themed episodes, that'll be great. But like Emily said, it requires a lot of research and dedication. And it's kind of hard to do right now during a pandemic. So we're trying, you know. Yeah. And plus, you know, Melissa, she's wrapping up school and everything. So, um, you know, she couldn't be on for one of those. So, mm -hmm. yeah. All okay. Right. Are we good to close it out? I think so. Thank yeah. you all for coming. I can add something. Just yeah. Is that well, I've been a fan of so weird for 15 years, 16 actually, and I've never seen any merch of the series here. Any, nothing, books, nothing. There's nothing here in Latin America, at least in my country. But from other shows, you have everything. And it's so sad because the series here has a large fan base, to be honest. And it makes me sad because I want to have merch. <laughs> I know. There's not really much um, official merch in America either. All we have are the books. And um, fan-made stuff. And, yeah, so there's T-shirts that um, us as fans have made. So I have a store on Redbubble. And it has a few designs um, for like the So Weird webpage or um, In the Darkness is the Light and stuff like that. And you can find like shirts or stickers or pillows or like anything really. So if you want unofficial merch, 
we have that in our store that um it's in our link so i could uh i could send you a personal link austin if you haven't been there yet oh yeah i gotta check that <laughs> awesome i wish there was more merch i wish we could get a dvd but i just have a feeling that's not gonna happen yeah unfortunately i think the time has uh, passed with that especially since some studios are talking about exiting the physical media realm altogether so yeah yeah and you know speaking of merch i know hot topic had like um early like a 2000s disney channel line or something at some point where they they had some like lizzie mcguire t-shirts up and like retro disney channel and you know that would have been a, a good opportunity to throw in something so weird related because it's hot topic you know ooh, kind of mm -hmm. obscure i guess i don't know but um no <laughs> i i don't know if that's ever gonna happen yeah, they're not as good as Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon hones on their nostalgia. And yeah. I just see merch for like the old 90s Nickelodeon shows everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, everywhere. Yeah, but I've never seen any merchandise for like the equivalent of the show. Like there, I've never seen merchandise for uh, Alan Strange or Shelby Woo or any of that stuff. Uh, did anybody besides me remembers those shows? Who am I talking oh, about? Oh, I do. Absolutely. I people do, do yeah. Yeah. In a normal audience, nobody remember those show, but I'm among among fellow so weird fans of you know you immediately know those. But yeah, Alex Mack, you know. Yeah, that's another good one. Mm -hmm. Um, so Abba for Life says that they have a question that's been bugging them. Okay. <laughs> so what's the question? All right. In season three, why didn't they at least follow up on the storyline of Molly creating her own album? It seems like it could have fit well. <laughs> I think because the writer, the showrunners, John Cooksey and Ali Marie Matheson both left the show and the writers who were there doing season three were instructed to stay away from the previous plot lines. So it really was a revamped show. Yeah, I mean, just, I, I don't know any of the behind the scenes stuff that I'm sure Kat and Emily know, but all of the plot lines from the previous two seasons were completely dropped, so... Yeah, you know, we haven't had anyone on from season three except for Alex Johnson. Like, we haven't had any new writers that wrote mm -hmm. for season three. So it'd be interesting to have someone on from season three to get their take on things. I don't know if they would be give us too many of the details. But, you know, that's, that's our best way of, of coming to... I don't know, getting these kinds of answers to the questions. Yeah, finding out, like, what were they told by Disney? Did they right. go back? They, did they watch seasons one and two? Get Why did some... they make Molly allergic to a cat when they had a cat in season two? Did, were they aware that they had a cat in season two? I don't know. Get some dirt. Mm. <laughs> well, um, yeah. <laughs> they screw up everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Lauren asked any plan to review any other material similar to so weird, you know, I have thought about that too, to have some episodes, you know, to keep going like, okay, we already did secret of sulfur Springs. Um, maybe we can continue with other, um, supernatural kids shows, or maybe just other supernatural shows in general. I think that'll just be up to, um, us if we're, if we're really like wanting to talk about it. Me, there's probably no other show. Like, I haven't watched Are You Afraid of the Dark or... Yeah. And or that, really other ones I haven't seen. You'd have to be very dedicated 
to watch Are You for the Dark. I, I was planning on watching all the first five seasons or something uh, in October, and yeah, I didn't get through uh, season two. I don't think. Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't get through season three. But um, yeah, there are there are a lot of shows we could do. Uh, I know I mentioned Dark uh, on the latest episode where we talked about Are You for the Dark and Secrets of Silver Springs, Dark on Netflix. Um, yeah, I, I just want to say we won't be reviewing that. I watched it, but it was just whoa, way out there. I mean, it was, I appreciated what they did. It was a very intricate plot, but um, whew, that show was a mess. I mean, maybe really. <laughs> Maybe Kat can do one for the secret Strange. of Something, something. Strange season, like, High. Yeah, because yes. it's That's not even Amazon Prime. That I've been thinking about because it's on Amazon Prime right now. Except for Conclusions, the movie, which was there to wrap things up. The entire series is there. So mm -hmm. I think that would be really fun. And I love the fact that it's connected to So Weird through Henry Winkler as Kat, a producer for both shows. Cat is going to put a gun to all of our heads and force us to watch the show <laughs> at some point. I mean, it's a good show. It's entertaining. You care about the characters. It reminds me a lot of Harry Potter for how much you care about the characters. Yeah, I, I think it'd be fun to do that one. And um, it, you, it's on Amazon Prime. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So, yeah, I've got Amazon Prime. I'm <laughs> supporting Amazon. Sorry. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I'd, be, I'd be down for, for at least looking into that. Um, I don't... I don't know. Maybe we could review it. Yeah, I think that'd be fun. Yeah, I've been watching too much depressing stuff lately. Like, <laughs> I really need to just chill. All right. I think we can wrap it up now. So, again, thanks, everybody that came and watched us live and for everyone that's going to listen to us later. Um, and thanks again, Derek and Austin, for joining us and willing, you know, volunteer. And Austin, especially for last minute, like a few hours ago, <laughs> uh, for joining us. So thank you guys so much. You did great. And um, yeah, we're the So Weird Podcast. And keep the faith. Bye. Bye. Good evening.